Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. Did I tell y'all I know where the term donkey dick came from? Um, Apparently, it came from something very obvious, and that's donkeys have very large dicks. I'm sitting here looking at little Eeyore as I'm recording this. He's drinking water, and his hog is hanging down. He's literally about to step on it. Like I feel like I need to go put a protective boot on the end of his root because it's so long. I can't take it. I don't know what it is, man, the older you get and why, like, talking about something like that is so funny, but it's inappropriate and it's hilarious. And I find myself staring at it because he's outside drinking right now. And his hog is just hanging there. And I'm serious, y'all, if you could see it, I'm afraid he's going to step on it and, and bruise it. The poor fella. Anyway. How's everybody doing, man? Do you guys have a have a good Christmas? Um, by the time this episode comes out, this will be the 27th of December. And we're all through the holidays almost. We still have New Year's and all that shit to go through. But I want to ask you a question. Like, how do you feel about holidays? How, like, how do you manage? And I know holidays can be a stressful time. And... I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't always like the holidays. And when I was real fucked up back in the day, um, I actually, I felt guilty for being able to be around people and enjoy special moments and be around love and be around laughter and just be around happiness. And I remember, I remember one year, this is how, this is how awful I used to be. Um, I remember one year we were, uh, when, when my wife and I were just dating and I was sitting in her house and, um, no, excuse me. We were living together and we had a roommate and the girl's name was Heather and she was a wonderful human being still is one of our dearest friends, but Heather was sitting there and she started talking about getting a Christmas tree because I refused to even have a Christmas tree up in our house because it reminded me of happy things. And I thought that I I needed to be a miserable person. I thought that I didn't deserve happiness. And because all the people I loved and cared about usually end up dying and getting killed, they weren't around to, to be able to enjoy those things. And so why did I deserve that? And so Heather 
was persistent on getting a Christmas tree and she wouldn't shut the fuck up about getting a Christmas tree. And I told her, she goes, I'm bringing a tree in here, whether you like it or not. And then I turned around, never forget. I was on the couch and she was at the table behind me. And I looked at her and I said, you put a fucking Christmas tree out here in here and I'm going to throw it in a fucking yard with all the ornaments and the lights still on it. And back then my wife, who's my girlfriend was looking at me like, what in the fuck is wrong with this guy? And that should have been, that should have been a sign. Uh, I was going through something. And honestly, I'm ashamed of that. I bullied, I bullied them out of a Christmas. And this poor girl, she was just from a small town in Ohio. She'd never been, ex- she'd never been exposed to fucked up people like me. Nor, nor was my girlfriend at the time. And I ripped them off that Christmas. There were no presents. There was no tree. There was no, there was no nothing. And I felt like I had to make everybody around me as equally as miserable as I was. And that happiness, nobody deserved it. And that's. What I go back to time and time again about making our problems other people's problems. So how do the how do the holidays affect you now? I'm still sort of the same way. Like I, I mean, I don't like try to make anybody miserable, but when I'll see people and I'll see them so cheery and so happy, and I'm like, inside, I'm looking at them and I'm like, how in the fuck can you be that cheerful? And then I, I start thinking like, how cocooned has your life been? And I, I start, I find myself kind of, kind of envious, but also I have animosity towards it. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Like I see somebody that's so happy and cheerful and, um, just pleasant and I kind of fucking hate them, but I kind of, I'm kind of fucking jealous at the same time. And that's the best, that's the best way that I know how to explain that because I wish that I could be that way, but Unfortunately, my past will not allow me. And I try not to let my past control me. I try not to let my past define me. I talk about that in my book. Uh, you don't you can't let your past define you. You have to let it refine you and make you stronger and make you into a stronger version of yourself. Strongest version you've ever been, actually. But I also still can't forget a lot of the things that I that I experienced. And I guess you can see that all over my face sometimes when people are around and I'm just I'm just kind of there. And I wonder how my presence affects other people because I know it does. I know other people, they see that a this guy sitting over in the corner isn't wearing a fucking Christmas sweater like everybody else. And he's not drinking eggnog like everybody else. He's looks like he's sharpening his knife. And he looks like he wants to bludgeon people. Why isn't he in the spirit? <laughs> that's that's kind of what it's like. With me, but I love, obviously, if you're a parent, you see, you, you, you see your children, you want it, you want your children to get that Christmas experience, right? And you want to make it as happy for them as possible. So you partake in, in that portion of the holidays, right? And you make it happy for them. But when you're around other fucking adults who are cheery and happy and, and look, I'm just talking from people's perspective, like me, I'm not talking like, I don't think everybody should have this view. That's not it. I'm going to tell you one of the hardest things for me about the holidays. It's this. It's having having to please everybody else. And I don't mean with presence. I mean with my presence. And and it's not presence. It's presence. And I know some of the places we go to visit, people don't want me there. And I feel that. And I, I kind of feel it under the surface that some people are... Um, 
I guess they want me there, but they kind of don't want me there. I don't know how to, how to put that into words, but you can feel it. You can feel that you're not, I wouldn't say not wanted. I guess people are just guarded. People are very guarded around people like me. Um, I don't go there with intentions of creating harm or, or any animosity or anything like that. But I understand that I'm a hard person to be around sometimes. Um, like, why is this guy standing in the corner watching every room of the house? Um, looking out of every single window, you know, like relax, motherfucker. Because our, I think our hypervigilance makes people nervous sometimes. And I think if they even notice it, I don't even know if they notice it. Like if you were hypervigilant around me, I would notice it. And then I'd be like, Hey motherfucker, what's going on? You waiting for somebody to pull up in this bitch? Um, but I, the, my presence is hard for me because also I have to be in several different places during the holidays. And honestly, I just want to be alone and and not alone, but like with my family, I want to be here on my farm. And when we can't do that, it's hard and, um, it's my safe zone. It's my comfort zone. And I have to get out of that and I have to go to multiple places. And, and I know a lot of you are the same way. You have to go to a parent's house, to some in-laws houses, and you have to, you have to deal with being the odd person. And sometimes that's not easy. You have to deal with being the black sheep. And I'm, I'm definitely black sheep. I'm, I'm black sheep of both sides of my family all day long. And, uh, I'm actually, I actually, I'm proud of that. I wear, I wear a hat that says black sheep. I don't run from who I am. I don't hide from who I am. I don't cower from who I am. I don't wear it as a badge of honor by any means, but I'm, I know that I know that I'm different. And I think we, when I say we talking about people like me, we know that we're different. And when we try to accommodate other people, it's very hard when it, when we try to be anything but ourselves, but sometimes ourself seems to be a little too much for people. And that's why you just want to be alone because being who we are sometimes is just way too much. So we create a life of loneliness and and I'm certainly no exception to that. I, uh, I live a very lonely, lonely life and I'm not complaining about it. I'm not looking for sympathy or anything like that, but I'll just give you some insight is, uh, I live on my farm full time. Um, I don't, I don't live with my family anymore. I, I live out here and I see my family on weekends. Um, and when I'm here, it's extremely lonely. So you wake up every day, you eat alone, you sleep alone, you walk around alone. You have lunch alone. Everything you do is alone. And this, again, it's not me complaining, but I think what happens is with people like us, we get so tired of trying to, um, I, I don't want to say live up to somebody else's standards because I don't do that, but I get so tired of just not being accepted for really who I am that I just don't want to be around anybody. And I create this lonely ass life. And I'm fine with that because it's just me. And I'm out here with my donkey with his big dick. And I'm out here with my horse who equally has a big penis, but it doesn't look as big as little Eeyore's because little Eeyore is short and has a big dick. And the horse is tall and a horse doesn't nearly step on his dick, but little Eeyore does like he has to move it when he walks or, or, or else it's like he has five legs. 
But does that make sense? I don't even, because I'm sitting here with my chair cracking and everything. <laughs> I don't even know if this makes sense because I didn't, I didn't have any material to run off of today. And I just, I just wanted to get on here and ramble a little bit. And I, as I'm sitting here thinking about the holidays and I got a, a mantle full of stockings and a Christmas tree in there, I think about it. It's just me. It's just me in this house and this farm that I built with my two hands. And nobody is ever here really to enjoy it but me. And then I think about why that is. And I think about it's not that people don't want to be around me. It's they can't handle me. So they they stay distant. And I get it because I'm not an easy dude to be around. And it's not that I'm uh, that I'm looking for confrontation. I'm never, but but the 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 flip side of that is, I'm not far from it, and I call a spade a spade kind of thing, and I've tried to work on that over the years, and I've let a lot of people get away with a lot over the years because I was working on my tolerance, and I had a zero tolerance for bullshit policy for for the longest time. I still do, but I'm better at not addressing everything because everything doesn't need addressing. The problem, the problem with dudes like me, people like me, I don't, I love getting the air cleared and I love just moving forward in life, knowing, knowing what you got, right? Like with me, you know what you get. And I'm not saying that's the right way, but I know that feeling of having a clean slate with someone feels much better than that feeling of having a grudge with someone that never gets addressed and it's just nothing but animosity and and nothing good comes from that. It just stays stale and stagnant and there's never any movement and on either side and that's not positive. And I would just encourage you, whatever bones you have with somebody, um, take a look into that. Take a look at yourself and just ask yourself, where's this going? Are we just going to keep staying stale and stagnant or, and not grow from whatever's going on and just keep having this animosity towards one another? Or, or, or can we be adults and talk about it and handle it? And I think a lot of people, they, they choose to have grudges because they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to talk to other people and they're afraid of confrontation. Most people, most people I say are afraid of confrontation. That's my problem. I've never been afraid of it. I don't look for it, but I'm not afraid of it. And I don't like, again, I don't know if that's a positive thing or a negative thing, but I do know hanging on, hanging on to some bullshit that, that doesn't do anybody any good, stressful feelings towards someone. Every time you see somebody, it's that same old feeling in your gut, you know, that you don't want to be around somebody. It's just an uneasy feeling. Nothing good comes from that. And a lot of times these uneasy feelings during the holidays come from certain family members. I'm not saying that this, <clears throat> this is going to pertain to everybody listening to this, but I guarantee you there's a large, a vast majority of you are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so that's what makes the holidays different and hard because you are different and you are around people that don't understand you and that maybe that you have, um, caused a lot of harm in a relationship without even really knowing what you've done other than, than, than your presence doing it. Because I mean, my presence has certainly done that to certain people. 
And so the holidays is extra frustrating because you're being pulled in so many directions and then you're, 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 you're being pulled in the directions you don't want to be. And it was just, it's a lot more comfortable if you didn't go. And I guess that's what I'm getting at after getting, getting kind of long winded. So, uh, how, how was your holidays? Like, how was your Christmas? Did, did any of this apply to you? Do you have to go and put on a happy face and be around a bunch of people that you feel that honestly, if they had the choice, they wouldn't really care to have you there or not. Um, and, and that's a, that's a shitty feeling in itself. And I certainly understand what that feels like. And I know a lot of, a lot of my brothers and sisters get that because we are very different and, Maybe, maybe we didn't think about it this way, but I think also for me, that's why holidays are hard, man. It's not just, you start thinking about all the people that can't enjoy the good things in life and the happy moments in life. And then you start dealing with, you know, the feelings associated with your presence alone. And maybe we overthink that, or maybe I overthink it sometimes, but you can see it written all over some people's faces. You can see the disgust and the disdain. And even when it's people that are close to you because of your presence, what you've done and how you've been towards certain people and not making any excuses for anything. But how about you? Let me ask you a question. How about you? Does this happen to you? Do you have those feelings? Is this why you like to cocoon and you like to self isolate, especially during the holidays and just wait for the new year to be to pass and, and you can get right back to where you were in a swing of things and you don't have to be around people <laughs> or is that just me? Having said that, I'm not, I'm not condoning any of this at all, but what I'm saying is cause I'm always, I'm a constant, um, I'm constantly working on myself and I'm constantly trying to make myself aware. And part of these podcasts, it helps build my self-awareness when I, when I actually, uh, verbalize things, it makes me think, Oh shit, you know, this is very real. And these are things I need to work on because I'm, I'm a constant, constantly trying to or striving for self-improvement. And, and I always recommend that for everybody. And, and part of that and self-improvement is admitting your faults, seeing your faults and not making excuses and not just saying, well, it's just the fucking way it is because it, that just because the way it is, doesn't mean that's the way it has to be. I'm, I'm super big on, um, time management and I'm, I'm big on, making the most of my time and don't waste my time. I think we, we've talked about this in other podcasts as I'm sitting here. So I rented an excavator um, from a rental company because I had 350 stumps to pull out of one of my pastures that I'm um, pasteurizing for my horses because I've already busted two of my bush hogs on stumps. So I went ahead and rented the excavator for a month and I'm done with it. And the people told me they'd be here at noon to pick it up. And when I tell somebody noon, what I mean is 11 o'clock because I'm going to be an hour early. But when other people tell you noon, here it is 1215. I haven't even heard from anybody. And I'm looking out the window as I'm recording this, waiting for somebody to pull up and pick this fucking tractor up. Because what what's going to happen is I'm going to be charged for another day. And I already called it off yesterday. I had this conversation with a buddy of mine, my buddy Derek stopped by today and we, we walked around the property and we talked shit and we, we put our legs up on the fence and we, we drank coffee and water and we spit across the fence like we were being filmed like in, in Yellowstone, like the cameras were behind us and we admired little Eeyore's donkey dick and we had laughs about it and then we walked in the, um, in the woods back there to the creek in my property and we were just talking and, and um, 
Derek runs a company. We were talking about time and how people pay you for your time. They're not paying you for your services. And I, and I think the same thing when I do what I do, nobody's paying me for what I do. I do what I do for free. My services are free and I offer them to the world for free. What you're paying me for, you're paying me to leave my farm to do those free services because I know the value of what it takes for me to walk out of this, off of this property. And me and Derek started talking about that and it made so much sense, man. And it's because I love what I do. I love getting to do the things that I do, but I can't, I can't leave this property for free all the time. I can't, you know, on the weekends is a big part of when I work and that's when I see my kids the most. And that has a price, you know, it shouldn't even have a fucking price, but that keeps the lights on too. Do you, do you think about things like that? Because think about when you go to work, right? And maybe you're not an, a responder, emergency service responder. Maybe you work a normal nine to five job. And when you ask contractors to come out to do something for you, every, the first thing everybody wants to do is kick tires and, and beat people down on prices. But what they're not thinking about is that person's time. Um, I used to see this when I would flip houses, right? And cause I worked with a lot of different contractors and not me, but I knew contractors and I would, I would watch these contractors go and, and bid on jobs. And they, they always had one complaint. They're like, everybody wants a fucking estimate, but nobody wants to pay for, pay for the work. And they always want to take the lowest bid bidding job. And guys were like, it's not worth my time. And I, I get it. Your time is everything. And you're paying somebody for their time. Think about that. And what is your time worth? Do you go to work and you demand more money? Um, and because of the job that you do, because you, you put out and you put out and you put out and you do so well for a company that you work for that you think you're, you're worth more. Maybe you are worth more. Maybe you do deserve more. So think about what you're working for now and what you're giving your time away for free. Right. And you look at all that time that you've given to this company that you'll never get back. And all those hours that you've put in that you never get back. You can't put a value on that. Time is all we have. I know a guy, well, I know so many people, but one guy in particular would, um, I remember he would go into work. He worked a f- a nine to five for a corporation. And then every couple of Saturdays, he, he was forced to go in on Saturdays to work another shift. Um, and he was happy to do it. And I remember thinking they're making you do that. And he wasn't making much money. And I was thinking about, you never get that Saturday back, dude. You like, you never will ever get that time back. And I, what I guess what I'm getting at is people will take all of the fucking time that you have. They'll always take your time from you. And they'll do it for next to nothing if you allow them to. You have to put a value on your time. Not on your skill. Not on your skill set. Not what you offer, but your fucking time. Because your time has an expiration date on it. And you, unfortunately, don't know when that is. I was sitting on the excavator the other day and the sunshine was nice. I was in my field. I had my back to the sun. And I was watching my girls out in the the field. They took off running. And Poppy the youngest one who broke her arm on Thanksgiving, her arms in a sling. And they were just running across the field and they were so fucking happy. And I was just watching that sunshine hit them. And I'm sitting on that tractor 
and I was living vicariously through them, man. They were, they were making, they were like screaming, like, like joyous things. And I remember having the biggest smile on my face and my dad's out there helping me. And my dad was off to my left and my dad stopped and he was trying to talk to me, but I was frozen in this moment watching them and I was trying to slow down the time. And it's almost like I was taking a photographic, um, video in my mind of, of my girls. And, you know, then I'm flashing forward and I'm picturing them as grown women and everything. And that's in the blink of an eye. That shit happens so fast. So we got to learn how to slow down, I think. And that was, that was important for me because I looked over at my dad and I think my dad realized that I was in a moment right then with my girls and he didn't interrupt and he was trying to communicate with me. And then I just looked over at him and I was like, what'd you say? And we just kind of picked up you know, where the, over the conversation took us, he didn't even ask me, you know, what I was thinking. I think he knew because he's been there and he's told me, you know, he's 72 and he says, Travis, I can remember like yesterday being your age and you being a little boy. And I mean, in the snap of a finger, that time is gone. And, and we, I've, I've probably talked about time more than anything else in these episodes. And the one thing that we take for granted is, is time. And it's just scary because you don't know how much you have left. And I'll sit there picturing those girls and I could I could I could look back to when when they were both very, very little and I was in a very fucked up place and I didn't I couldn't take advantage of being a great father back then because I was so devastated with, with who I was as a human being that I I didn't deserve them, you know, and I and I knew that and I felt that and and I wish I could go back and and redo those moments and be the 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 father that that holds his children and and rocks them to sleep and uh sits with them in a room at night until they go to bed and, and all that but but I wasn't that guy I was not I was never that guy I was I was very hands off in the beginning because I was something was wrong with me and I couldn't I couldn't get the help that I needed and part of it was because I wouldn't address, I wouldn't address that I needed the level of help that I needed. And, uh, that's time that I don't get back and that we don't get back. And I use that as a learning tool. And I'm like, I'm not, that doesn't mean that I had to stay that guy forever. I didn't have to stay in that miserable state. I chose to do something about it. And that's why I want to ask this. Where are you at right now in your life? Like if you've listened to my podcast from start to begin, and if you started in the very beginning and you've been here with me all the way up to now, episode 49, have you done anything with yourself, with all the information I've put out there, with all the shit that I talk about on here? Have you really truly worked on yourself or has it just went in one ear and out the other? And I want you to look back and realize we're three episodes away from hitting one year. And if you haven't done anything and you know that you need to do something, well, what the fuck are you waiting on? Seriously, because I do communicate with people that have listened to this thing from the start. And I can, I know that they're still not any better than they were the day they started listening. And it confuses me because it's like, well, what the fuck do you listen to this for? Is it just entertainment to hear about donkey dicks? All jokes aside. Because if you know you have a problem, what are you, what are you doing about it? Nobody's coming to fix you. You're just going to keep doing the same shit and you're going to be on the same rat wheel until the end of fucking time. 
And that, that devastates me, man, that I actually sit down and, and, and make an attempt to hopefully, hopefully touch a few folks with what I have to say, because I know the guy that I once was, and I know that there's people out there, guys and girls alike who are in the same boat that I used to be in. And I'm still paddling away, but I have both oars now. I'm not using one paddle and paddling in a fucking circle. And that's what I was doing. Are you paddling in a circle? Do you have one oar on your boat? Or did you make another oar out of a fucking tree limb that you came by? And now you're rowing. You might still be going upstream, but God damn it, you have two paddles now. Are you, are you making progress? And that's that was a long way of getting to asking, are you making progress? And if you are, you should be very proud of yourself. You don't have to be on the mountaintop. You just got to be climbing the mountain. That's all. I mean, that's all it is. One foot in front of the other. Are you doing that? Are you still in the same boat you were in when you first started listening? And I just want to encourage you to stop doing the bullshit and fix your shit. I'm going to tell y'all some country ass shit right now. I, um, <laughs> I was recently told I never heard no shit like this. I was recently told that with my accent, the way that I talk, I sound like smooth country butter. I, I might have to title this episode smooth country butter. Cause that, that might be my new shit. I like that boy. That's, <laughs> I ain't never heard no shit like that. And I've heard a bunch of country shit. Um, Y'all ever have a fried egg sandwich with mayonnaise on 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 uh, just white bread or wheat bread, whatever? I got up this morning, and I want to do different breakfast because normally I do oatmeal and a protein shake. But this morning, I threw it back to uh, when I grew up. My mama used to make me fried egg sandwich with cheese and throw that bitch on some bread with some mayonnaise. And I sat there, and I ate that and had memories of my mama um, making those for me when I was a little boy. And then she would make me French toast. And I think about all the, th- all the times mama made me breakfast. Cause she, you know, she had a full-time job, but she still made breakfast for me every morning. And my sister, like we never went without a real breakfast and she would come home and make dinner for us. And, you know, and I look at, I look at the way people live now and it's, it doesn't seem to be like that. Everything seems so fast paced and we're putting emphasis on things that aren't even fucking important. And we're just too busy living these busy lives to slow the fuck down and do what's important. And you never realize how important sitting down with your family and having a meal is. Just sitting down, no cell phones, and just having conversation and talking to the people that love you the most. You never realize how important that is. I remember I would... um. <clears throat> Sometimes when I would, I would eat by myself, I would eat alone and, um, everybody else would be at the table and I would just go off and eat alone. You do that. Do any of you guys or girls do that? And it was just something about always being alone, which brings me back to the beginning of this episode that was comforting. And I think what it is, is I know how I always justified it in my mind. I was always afraid to let people too close and to, to be too close to anyone because I was so accustomed to losing people and it didn't want to hurt anymore. And I didn't want to feel that, you know, and, and just this year in the last two years alone, 
we've lost four, four important people that are close to me. And I talk about that in my book where you're never done losing. You're always going to lose and how you choose to keep pushing is up to you. I mean, you can let it beat you down because that's what people do. People fucking die and people go away. But are you making the most of those people while they're here and while they're in our lives? But chances are no, because chances are we neglect them and chances are we overlook it and we take, we take for granted what we have today. Case in point, I would take for granted when my family would sit there and eat at the table and I would go off and eat alone by myself because I wanted to be alone. I would take for granted that I'd be able to make that up someday. Unfortunately, I have I have been able to. But you never know if you're if you're going not going to be able to do that. So if you're doing stupid shit like that, and I, you know, and I, I talk about that stuff through, through my story, because I know a lot of people are doing the same thing. And if I just had one person to listen to back then, to realize that, man, I'm doing it wrong, or I'm neglecting a lot of things in my life, but. My problem was everything became so normal to me. Me being alone, me being short-tempered and short-fused and isolating myself and building up walls around me, that just became normal. It didn't happen overnight. It took a lot of time to get to that fortress that I built around me, that impenetrable fortress where nobody could get through and everybody was on the outside and you could only come in for brief moments when I would lower the bridge over the moat. Are you doing that? And if you're doing that, I'm telling you, you're doing it. You're fucking wrong. You, you got to let these people in and you don't have to let everybody in the world in, but, but man, family, come on. You got, you got to let them in and you got to, you got to start communicating and spending, spending better quality time. And I say that, I say that as I'm sitting here alone on my farm. (laughs) So I do sound like a bit of a hypocrite. But here's the difference. I choose to be here because of what this place does for me. I choose to constantly find my happiness. And I choose, I know what makes me healthier. I know what makes me a better human being. And that's being here. That's being in in a place that I love and that makes me feel whole. I can't go back to a place that destroys me. I can't go back to a place that I'm not the best version of myself because when I'm not that everybody around me suffers unintentionally, but they do. And that's not fair either. So I choose this lonely lifestyle just so I can be a better human being. And I'll take it all day over the, the alternative, which is not being so lonely all the time, but constantly being um, agitated and irritated and aggravated and anything else. It ends with ED, you know, erectile dysfunction, all that, no, kid, but all of that I'll, I will take the loneliness over all of that, man, because when you're, you're constantly in a battle with yourself, you're no good for anybody. So I'll take the lonely lifestyle because I promise you, man, when my family comes out to see me, I'm the fucking best version of me that I've ever been. And I love that. I love it. And I encourage you to find whatever it is 
that makes you the best version of yourself, fucking go get it and be the best version of yourself. And, and finding that, that thing, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. Yeah. I I talk often about the, I, I, I used to try to buy happiness. I used to try to buy things like, um, material things to try to just buy a little bit of happiness, a little bit of peace and comfort just for a little while. And then it was on to the next and on to the next and on the next. And what I realized is I wasn't doing anything of substance and I knew what I needed. And I'm not going to like beat a dead horse here with my farm, but I knew that I needed this and I was always striving so hard to create a better lifestyle for my, for my children and my family but I was selling myself short because I wasn't doing the one thing I know that I needed, which was getting this place. And you heard my dad say it the other day in another episode. He's like the best thing I said, dad, can you pinpoint what made, what do you think changed everything for me? And he said, buying his farm hands down. And cause he can see it. And I'm not telling people to go buy farms and or go spend money foolishly. That's not what I'm saying, but there's something out there that if you took a step back that you can invest in, I would say invest in, and you're investing in yourself, then you need to do that. And you need to stop doing without to take care of other people around you because you're not, you're not helping the situation when you're doing without to make everybody else better around you. You have to take care of yourself from time to time too. And that was hard for me to figure out. I was, I was trying to take care of myself, but I was doing it the wrong way. And I finally found the right way to do it for me. And this just, this just works for me. So I don't know what works for you, but you deserve it. And you deserve to find whatever that is. And it's going to take time. I'm not saying to go out and, 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 and go to the casinos and gamble and try to make a bunch of money, but make some smart moves. If you do have some money set aside, invest in real estate and we'll, you know, do some things that's going to change your life down, down the road, like the long game. See that the 43 year old me is very happy with what the 25 year old me Actually, the 22-year-old me did many years ago. Sometimes it takes 20 years for the shit to pay off for you. But I'm extremely happy of the decisions that the 22-year-old Travis made because the 43-year-old Travis wouldn't be sitting on a farm today had the 22-year-old not made some smart decisions. Were they the best decisions? No, but they weren't the worst decisions. So it's never too late. It's never too late to start, like, Investing in yourself. You know, you don't have to have all of the answers. Just do something. Do something constructive with your time and start investing in yourself. And I'm, th- I'm telling you, 20 years down the road, if we have that long, or 10 years maybe, you know, whatever whatever it is, you're going to look back and you're going to be thankful that you stopped and you took care of yourself for a fucking change. I'm about to get out of here. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get going, but I hope you guys have a fantastic new year. Hope you have a safe new year. Um, we're only a couple episodes away from hitting the 52 episode mark. And I'm extremely excited about that. I don't know. I'm never a guy that's like, well, I'll see what next year brings. I don't believe in all that shit. I just believe in just keep pushing doing, trying to do good things and do good by people and, you know, you don't have to wait till next year to start your fitness program and all that. You do want, you want to fucking do something. You do it now. Stop putting off things. I don't, I always fuck this saying up. Stop putting off for today, for tomorrow, what you can do today. You know, something like that. 
take advantage of the time you have and do something constructive with it. But I hope you guys have a great new year. I've already said that. And um, i gotta got to come up with some more content next year. I don't know if we're going to switch gears. I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just hoping to keep pumping these out. But um, I can't thank you all enough for being here. As always, you know, I know this is I'm smooth, smooth country butter. Y'all know that shit's going to stick too. but butter don't stick. You see, you see there, I'm just going to slide off of you like that. 